This is Joe Burns. And Beth West. Hey, thank you for listening to the Rock School Radio Podcast. We think you'll learn something. Now remember, if you want to hear the show with all the music in place, go to kslu.org and stream the show live. Thursdays at 5 and Sundays at 4. It's a new show every week. Now enjoy this week's Rock School Radio Show. Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. It's time for school. Rock school with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. There you go. There's the first. Maybe. And Beth West. Prove us wrong. Class is in. Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns, uh, broadcasting from the campus, Southeastern Louisiana University. What's your name there, kiddo? My name is Beth West. Well, hi, Beth. Hi. How are you? Look at this. I brought yet another one. brought a guitar. This one is fancy. It is fancy. I built this guitar. You did? I did from stock parts. Well, then it's extra fancy. It is. Yeah, I, uh, I figured if Eddie Van Halen could build a guitar, I could build a guitar. So I went. Well, sure, because you and Eddie Van Halen are pretty much exactly the same. We are. I went online. I did exactly what he did. Of course, he didn't have eBay at the time. He had to go and buy them from individual part places. Sure. Yeah. But I bought a body. I bought the guts from a Stratocaster, and I bought a, a stock neck. Put the whole thing together, and if you see, I, I tried to paint it like him. Those of you nice. who join yeah. us on Facebook on Thursdays, uh, she took a picture of me already, and I'll put the whole thing up. But here is what the little thing sounds like, and I'll tell you, I'll even play something to give a, a suggestion of what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> There you go. You hear that little die that's in there? Yes, I do. You know what that thing's called? Uh, is that the whammy bar? It is called the whammy bar. I added extra H at the beginning. There, or the vibrato bar, or the dive bar, or the tremolo bar, or the locking tremolo bar. Lots of names. Yeah, Lots I know. Names. I kind of know what it sounds like, even though I don't know anything about music. But I don't know why it sounds why like it that. Why it works, how it works. Well, yeah. I like to talk about it because I bought this secondhand and installed it, which is really neat. The instructions came with it. And uh-huh. You have to route out. You can see I cut out a whole bunch of wood in the back here. Okay, yeah, I can see and that. And such. So I actually installed this, and there's a locking system up here, which I'm going to talk about. But for today on Rock School, you've heard about the whammy bar, and now sure. you heard what it does and i thought we would talk about it for an hour where it came from who invented it yeah let's do this the different incarnations of it and for an hour it's the whammy bar and if you if i'm already talking about eddie van halen it gives me a chance to play him yes Yes, of course any excuse but that's not what we're going to start with the scorpions have a song called blackout that has in it this massive dive bomb all the way through it. Matthias Jabs is the name of the guitarist, and he had one of the first Floyd Rose locking tremolos, and we'll talk about what that is a little later on in the show. I was going to you're going to have to tell me what that is. Sure. Okay. Early on, I'll just throw out a term. It was a 64 black Fender that they routed out, fitted with one of the first Floyd Rose tremolos, and when this album came out, people went, wow, 
How did you do that? And we'll come back and we'll talk about how he did that. He made a sound no one really had heard before. That no one understood. And I'm going to tell you how he did it. This is Blackout here on Rock School. Okay, so you heard blackout, you heard the oh, yeah. dive bomb, and Got it's it. done. It's done something just generally like this. He he took it, he pulled his <laughs> finger up the th- the the string, and then just went <laughs> just that. So that you said he pulled it up the string, but went towards the body. Right. So you, you just can't. Up the right. You have to get the string moving first. Okay. <laughs> And then just threw it down like that. That's how he did it. A little bit differently than I'm doing it here because he has a a, a, a vibrato bar that will go both up and down. It's set to rocker arm. I only have this thing set to go down. It will only okay. release tension What's off the strings. The well, you can set a, a vibrato arm, a whammy bar, to either pull up, which will put more tension on the strings, thus making the tones go higher. Okay. Or you can create it so it will go just down. I have it so they'll go just down. Why? Okay, so less because tension? I didn't know how to install it, so no. it would go both ways on the on the instrument. And I'll just go ahead and admit that I'm I'm old enough now. I'm able to admit my. It seems my foibles. you did an excellent job, so I don't it's, think it's a big deal. It stays it. in tune. Okay, let me just. Tell tell you real quickly the uh, the general parts of it you have when you set up a whammy bar you have a a rocker arm of some kind down at the bridge where the strings attach and I'll turn it over so Beth can see it you see how it's attached oh, to springs yes, on the back? Yes, it's open on the back, and there's right. springs back there. Now, you can put a plate on there, but a lot of people like me like to have the back open. They think, I do too, they think it gives the instrument a better sound, okay. more of an yeah, acoustic more sound. more of an acoustic sound. Right. And those springs attach to the rocker arm that the whammy bar attaches to. So when you push the whammy bar down... <laughs> It's the springs okay. that then pull it and back up. And when you're up. saying, for the people who don't really know, when you're saying down, you're pushing it towards right. the body. Right. I'm taking the arm the and guitar. I'm pushing it towards the body. Because to me, like when you say down, I feel like down. you're talking about down to the floor, which doesn't okay. make sense. Yeah, every time but you down, talk. Down. You mean towards the body. Towards the body, right. Okay. Every time you say down on a guitar, you're always talking the movement of the notes. When you say up, you're talking the movement of the notes. So right, when so you say down, physical. right? When you say down, the notes are going. <laughs> when you say up, the notes are going. <laughs> always. That's how you keep Got those things it. straight. Furthermore, at the top of the neck, you have to have this little thing, which is a locking nut. Notice I've pulled the little white nut off the top. Yes. And up at the top here are three little tiny clamps that clamp the strings up at the top. So they don't just simply follow through and attach to the tuning pegs. They're clamped. They're clamped up down at the top. before they actually get to the pegs. Right. So it's impossible to tune with the tuning pegs. You tune down here all the way at, at the bottom. The bridge. At the bridge. Right. So okay. if these weren't attached, as you lowered or raised tension on the strings, they would slip and slide past the nut. And what happened there is the guitar would just fall out of tune. Whereas okay, yeah, when, that you, seems likely. when you clamp it 
up here at the top, mm-hmm. right where, right at the end of the neck before the head of the guitar, you then have a set length from bridge to neck, clamp, clamp. So now you have a set. Got it. Right. right. And so the strings can't fall out of tune once they're stretched. You yeah. know, brand new strings, you can't get them in tune. Clamp, clamp. That's generally how the thing works. And it took a huh. long while to 1979. The, the the tremolo arm was around long time before it, but it was only really used in a sort of a Hawaiian fashion, just a little wow, 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 wow. Okay, yeah, if you I know took that sound. Any yeah. farther than that, went right out of tune. So, so, so something the anchoring of right, the strings came out in 79. End. 79. Came out in 79, and we'll tell you all about that. Okay. When it first came out, it was called a vibrato bar. Why? Why was it called a vibrato bar? Probably because Leo Fender used to sell amplifiers called vibroverbs that attempted to equal a voice's vibrato. Okay, like a Whitney Houston esque. A Whitney Houston esque vibrato. You got it. Where can I hear this? Well, how about Tommy James, Crimson and Clover? Listen okay, to the yeah, guitar. Let's listen to it. That's I've never listened to it for that before. Just so let's that. do it. It is the Leo Fender Vibroverb, and this is probably why it's called a vibrato bar. Sounds All right. like this on Rock Checking Rockstar. it out. Okay, did you hear it? I definitely heard it. I had never listened for that before, so I never really noticed it. But now that I was kind of listening there for it. There you go. Yeah. So there's nobody's really sure, but that makes logical sense. They started coming out around the same time. Uh, Leo Fender put it on, put the first vibrato bars on his Fender Stratocasters. For goodness sakes, if you buy one, don't put the whammy bar on it because if you touch it, it goes out of tune almost immediately, no matter how strong the springs are. And the reason they go out of tune, any kind of guitar that mm-hmm. doesn't have the locking nut up you know, towards the towards head of the, the guitar, of, okay, yeah. the moment you take it past a certain amount, maybe a little more than just that cutesy little Hawaiian thing, it goes... Just right out, right of, out tune. of tune. Right. So you can't even get through a song, really. Exactly. The first Van Halen album um, was done on a vibrato bar that didn't have the locking nut. And Eddie Van Halen used to put oil up there to help the strings to slide back and forth on the nut. He would stick uh, quarters and other things underneath the strings so their entire tension was not down on the nut. Okay. Anything to help the strings slide. Because that was in pre-1979. That it was. It came out 77, 78. So, Let's say right before right, that. Was doing, he was doing anything he could to help the strings to slide in that in the grooves of the nut. Because if they didn't slide or caught at all, pfft, out of tune. 
out hmm. of tune immediately. But once you locked it, it doesn't up seem at the that, nut, done. It doesn't seem that it would have been worth the effort at the time. Like once they've been locked down, okay, I They're get done. it. But, but somebody had to come up with it. It's it's one yeah. of those things, you know, well, why didn't they do it? Well, no one had done it yet. It's, oh, it's yeah, the logical course. thing. If it, Well, why didn't they do it? Oh, you're so smart after it's already been invented. 2020 hindsight sure. uh, from the peanut gallery. Why is it called a whammy bar then? No. The general thought process is that it came from Lonnie Mack's song Wham! Okay, well, I mean, that makes sense. It's called Wham, and it sounds like he uses a whammy bar, so... I'll buy that. It's that, or it was, you know, created by that company Whammo that invented the Super Bowl. Right, and and the Silly Putty. And the Silly Putty, and Frisbee, and... And a lot of people believe it was then popularized in Frank Zappa's uh, Joe's Garage. There's the line in that, it was a Stratocaster with a whammy bar. So at that point, we're going to our etymological like studies now. I guess said, I could by be, that point it was already sure. being called whammy bar. I could be so wrong. I'm I'm just flat out growing a nose like Pinocchio. But that's where some people me, think it came from. To me, someone who has absolutely no idea where this came from, that sounds, sounds completely logical. plausible. And some people say it's called a dive bar because the notes. Dive. Dive. Just that. Here it is. It's Lonnie Mack. Wham! From Okay, first break here on Rock School. Let me tell you what the first two serious designs of this were. Now, you could buy, as I said, on the Fender Stratocasters, a spring-loaded type of whammy bar. If you wanted to retune your guitar every five minutes. Every five minutes. And that bar that's on there, that's removable. As is every Stratocaster bar. It's the bar has a, a threading on the end of it and, and it winds in like a screw. It's like you screwed up. Exactly yeah. that. Most people believe the first whammy bar, as I believe too, was known as a Bigsby tailpiece created by Paul Bigsby. Just okay. that in the nineteen thirties. Why was it created? To get that Hawaiian sound. You could take a lap guitar and using a steel, which most guitarists when they play it horizontally, they use a slide. Right? Uh, yeah. When yeah. you play it on your lap, it's called a steel a, mm-hmm. that you're using. Okay. Well, you could get that just by sort of moving your hand real quick. Well, how do you get that very quickly with the guitar being played horizontally, okay, like like yeah. you normally the, see the, it? So the traditional Hawaiian, I'm having a hard time predicting. Um, you lie it on your lap. You lie it on your lap and you do the... Right, you play it with both hands over top. Got it. Right. Okay, yeah. How do you get that the other way? How do you get it with the guitar being played standing up with a strap horizontally? Mm-hmm. Well, Bigsby, Paul Bigsby came up with this, and it was put on Gibson, Gretsch, and Rickenbacker guitars. What does this thing look like? Take a look at Brian Setzer in the Brian Setzer Orchestra, yeah. that big, giant, the, fat guitar yeah, of his yeah. with the huge, huge thing down by where the strings attach down by the bridge. 
That's a Bigsby tale piece. I don't know that it's okay. a Bigsby, but it's something yeah. that's that's based on a does, Bigsby. I mean, if he's still doing his swing stuff, that's pre-rock and exactly roll. That's that. what this is from. How did it work? Exactly the same way. The springs, however, the springs in the Bigsby weren't on the backside of the instrument. They were included inside of the tailpiece itself. Okay. And they were right there at the bottom. Big honking springs. Just this giant thing hanging off the end of its guitar. Exactly that. Um, it would it, it would lift, it would dive. You can still buy them today. They're made by Bigsby, and they're darn popular. It's a it's a kind of a sound people love. It's not the rock and roll Eddie Van Halen. Right, type but this stuff. is the roots of it. Exactly. And I had that. no idea it was pre rock and roll. Oh sure. You could have done this again all the way back into the to the thirties with a tailpiece, but if you didn't want that, get a Hawaiian guitar, lie it on your lap, and you could do it, it with a sound steel. That way. This is something people liked and once you find something people like, somebody will find a way. You know, necessity is the mother of invention. True that, yeah. I need this sound. How can I do it? And a guy named Bigsby went, hmm, give me a week. I'll be back. And he created this thing. So we'll be back in just a minute with supposedly the first recorded version of a tremolo or what have you but anytime you say first you have to really specifically denote it's this 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 oh yeah the first one that was done between the hours of noon and two in the in may or other trivia people will eat you alive yep hello wbsd burlington wisconsin what do you got hello kpbl in postville iowa there you go get us on facebook and remember beth took a picture of the guitar that i have if you don't know any of this stuff and you want to go what's he talking about locking nut and such i'm holding the guitar you'll see all the pieces especially if you're listening to the podcast and you start saying, what? What? Just go look at the picture and, and then listen. You got there it. You go. Back in a minute on Rock School. Coming out of the break, told you I would do the first, supposedly, but I, I keep saying it always comes with an asterisk. It, uh, like it there has may to. be a song out there somewhere that it's not. Yeah. It has to. You hear the hum of the amplifier. I've I got do. the guitar back up. I keep talking about the the Hawaiian thing. Yes, I probably yes. should play something to give an impression of what I'm right, talking let's hear about. It. The the old tremolos used to just have a little bit of touch to them. So when I'm talking the Hawaiian thing, this is what I mean. So it would be something like this. See, it would just be that touch. This is making me want to really research the history of the guitar in Hawaiian. Isn't that neat? Culture. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to go to the library and spend a little time. I'm supposed to be working looking at that. <laughs> I would. I would. Uh, yep. Heck with that. I have things to do. And this is research. Supposedly, the first recording of a Fender synchronized tremolo, that's what they called it, or a whammy bar, right. in 1954 was done by Tommy Alsup. Supposedly the first recording of a trem bar. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, you Those go of you, just knock yourself get your out. grandpa's <laughs> albums and find something that's earlier. Joe, but. you're so wrong. I know, but probably, maybe. Yeah. Supposedly, by Tommy Alsup as part of Buddy Holly's recording band, Heartbeat. 
that sounds like this on Rock School. Heartbeat, why do you miss when my baby kisses me? And somebody will. I and by guarantee us, I mean it. you. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it, it's nice. It's probably more Fender folklore than anything. And it's sure, fun if you are the company that supposedly built the. Uh, obviously, Bigsby had been around before, but it was really the Fender whammy bar that brought it into vogue and such. Right, and the first like rock and roll. You got bar. it. It's probably more Fender lore than anything. But we need music to play on this radio show, and there you sure. go. Sure. So music with some. What maybe made up facts? Sure, but they sound good. They're not made up. It, there was a whammy bar in there, and and it was played by Tommy Alsop. Here we go. It's bottom of the hour. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Beth West. Let's do seven days in seventy seconds, and we'll get back to the whammy bar. These are the dates: September 9th all the way through September fifteenth, which is an epochal event, a date in history. My birthday. I turned 49 this year. Hot dog. I do. Not quite half a century, but I'm getting there. Getting there. I believe Beth has Monday. Go. September 9th, 1956, Elvis made his now infamous appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show, where he was only shot from the waist up. Yep. We mo- most of us knew that. Yep. Yes. September 10th, 1979, Patti Smith announces to a crowd of 85,000 in Florence, Italy, that she was here performing her last show. She will perform again live in less than a year. Your curial artist. Sure. September 11th, 1995, Janet Jackson's song Runaway becomes the first single by a woman to debut in the top 10 of the Billboard Top 100. Isn't that amazing? 1995. I can't believe that that, it took that long. Yeah. I mean, considering the greats of the 80s, like Madonna... You got it. And the girl groups of the 60s. You would think somebody would have done that. September 12, 1998, a concert by Shania Twain was broadcast live on DirecTV. It was the first time a direct broadcast was used for a country star. September 13, 1985, Sting kicked off his first solo tour in support of the album The Dream of the Blue Turtles in San Diego, California. And September 14, 1985, the MTV Awards are held for the first time. Bette Midler and Dan Aykroyd are the hosts. And finally, for the birthday, September 15, 1962, two years before I was born, the Beatles were referred to as a nothing group. After an interview with Peter Jones of the London Daily Mirror. Sure thing. Have you ever figured out the number one song the day you were born? Have you ever done this? Have you? Do you know what it is? Yes. What is it? It's an Andy Gibb song. Well, you you can't pick your day. You mean, what what is Andy Gibb, by the way, his first Um, three songs were number ones. Yeah, 
It was um, it shadow dancing. I think so. Is that it? Okay. July eighth, nineteen seventy eight. I'm guessing we'll it was shadow look. dancing. I think then. that it is. That was really the one most people remember. Yeah. Mine was House of the Rising Sun by the Animals. Well, see, yours is so much cooler. That's a good song. It so really is so much cooler. In 1979, the Floyd Rose Locking Tremolo comes out. That on that guitar, the guitar. So I'm what? Playing, the, the picture, the guitar in the picture is a Floyd Rose Locking Tremolo. All right. It is sort of the preeminent tremolo if you want the one that makes guitarists sing and dance and jump up and down that's the one you want floyd rose was a jewelry maker who wanted to fix this problem of things going out of tune and you apparently needed somebody with that level of precision. minute detail yeah. precision i was about to say it fits like it seems strange at first but then when you right. think of the precision that how can i get it so this yeah. guitar won't do it and it, it's one of those that once somebody found the fix go up to the top of the guitar lock the strings done series number one is still owned by Floyd Rose himself. I mean, the very first one. Oh, really? Yeah. Series number two, Neil Sean owns it, as in the guitarist for Journey. Mm -hmm. Number three is owned by Brad Gillis. He is the guitarist for Night Ranger. Oh, I did not. Yeah. Sorry, I do not know my Night Rangers by name. He was also the first guitarist to replace Randy Rhodes in the Ozzy Osbourne band. Now, he only finished out the tour. He did not continue past that. But he was the guy that uh, took over for Randy Rhodes. And although it's not a a, uh, Floyd Rose, Eddie Van Halen when he started using a locking system, immediately took on the Floyd Rose and became a sponsor for Floyd Rose. He gave up the quarters. He gave up the quarters. However, this one was done on the one he built. This one was done with WD-40. This one was done with quarters. This one was done with all the tricks all the way around. This is eruption. If you're thinking whammy bar, this is the one everyone thinks about. Van Halen from Van Halen 1, Rock School. Okay, when the, talking about the tremolo bar, the whammy bar, the dive bar, whatever you want to call it here on Rock School today, after the Floyd Rose came out, or maybe just before it it came out, I'm not sure which one hit first. I'm almost positive it was the Floyd Rose that hit first, but immediately around the same time, how about that for an oxymoron? Immediately around the same time. Immediately around the same time. The Kaler, K-A-H-L-E-R, locking vibrato system came out. Now, why is it so wonderful? As you see, or as you have seen on this guitar, the Floyd Rose uses the how do you put it, the uh, the springs on the back of the guitar right. to pull itself back into tune. Yes. The Kaler system was created for guitars that didn't have that through body. See, the Strat has that through body. Uh-huh. The, uh, the Les Paul, 
um, other sort of uh, uh, guitars that have hollow bodies don't have that through body ability. So you have to have the tremolo system totally contained within the element that you put on the guitar. You can't use the through body thing. So what the Kaler vibrato system did was have a cam-operated vibrato arm system. The entire spring system was involved in the bridge itself. Nothing went through the body. I'm guessing it's bigger then. It's a little fatter. It's a lot heavier. It's, it's a decidedly lot heavier because heavier. the springs are all within right. the one. The cams spot. and the and the uh, the gearing and everything is inside of it. It was invented by Gary Kaler and Dave Story. I own one. Okay, one and the, your right. opinion of the I don't two? like it as much. It doesn't have as much flexibility. It'll do all of the things. It just doesn't have as deep a dive. It doesn't have as high a pull. But it doesn't have the same range. A, you're, if you're a person who wants to use a Les Paul guitar, that's your option. You can put it on, right? And right. I'm because you can't use this one. Well, I, I my guess is they have one from Floyd Rose now. I just haven't kept up with it. I have a uh, a Yamaha SBG 200. SBG means solemn body guitar. And when I wanted to put a vibrato system on it, I didn't install that when I took it to a, a luthier to do it. He said, I can't put a Floyd Rose on this. It's a solid body instrument. It's a slab of wood. Yeah. And I said, well, cut it and put the springs. He said, that's not the way it works, kiddo. You can't do it. So, okay, what can I do? He said, here, here's a Kaler. I can put this on. Okay. It just didn't do everything yeah, it should sec- have. And also yeah. ran not so awesome. Not so awesome. But, you know, when I was 20 years old, I dug it to death. Here is Steve Vai. Now, he plays an Ibanez gem with a whammy bar, and it goes literally an octave plus down to the point where the strings are so flappy they don't even play. And it will also pull up, I believe, an entire fifth meaning it will go up half an octave and still bring the strings right back into tune. It's an amazing wow. system so he's got. A lot of variance there. A lot of variance in bar. it. You bet. Of course, the guitar itself is almost $4,000. Nope. Oh, so just, you know. Sure. I'll never own one of these. This is Steve Vai. It's called the Attitude Song, and the reason I'm playing this one is because you will hear the entire range of what the right. bar can do. Sounds like this on Rockstar.
Okay, second break here on Rock School. That was a wampy sampler. Oh, that it was, was a wampy sampler. A whammy sampler. That was one of the songs early in his career, and it was it was after he had left Frank Zappa, and it was off his album Flexible, which I think was the first album. I might be wrong about this. I think was the first album after he left Zappa, and the Attitude song was simply to say, here's everything this is I everything. can do. Yeah, it's and literally a sampler platter. This, yeah, a buffet this is of everything. It's like an audition. And it was live, too. That was from the G3. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's almost as amazing because he does it live. I told you about two. I told you about Floyd Rose. I told you about the Kaler Vibrato system. I own both of those. Here's two more that I knew about but were warned off of. There was the Wash Burn Wonder Bar. So, A, number one, it's difficult. Wonder to Bar? Say. Yeah, and it was called the Wonder Bra numerous times, or the sure. Whammy Wart. Yeah. The Whammy Wart? The Whammy Wart. Oh, that's wart. a glowing, glowing recommendation the just reason, from the name of it. Right. The reason it's called that is because it's, it was bad. A, right. it was proprietary. You had to buy a Washburn guitar to get it. And number two, because of the spring setup in it, it held the strings too high off of the neck. Oh. That's called the action of a guitar, mm-hmm. how high the strings are off the neck. And the higher the strings are off the neck, A, number one, the more you fight the instrument when you play it. It gets hard to play. And that's the, people just don't like that. It becomes something that's, that, that just makes the instrument difficult to, to play. And as you get high up the neck, like you get around the 12th, 13th fret, if the strings are too high off the neck, as you fret it, as you press it down, you start to screw up the intonation. You sharp the notes. They the don't more work. you talk about guitars, the more I think, gosh, these are freaking complicated. I think they're the greatest things it's ever. It's not invented. a box with a you know, piece of wood and some string on it. Oh. It is like so complicated. They are. There's another one called the Stetson, created by Eric Stetson in the 1980s. Uh, it died almost immediately because it just would not stay in tune. Well, that's a problem. Yeah, and that that, is a problem. they solved that in 1979. So if you're going to go backwards, <laughs> a jeweler guy figured it out yeah. already. Stats, thanks. WMCE Erie, PA. Thanks for running the radio show. KRFY in Sandpoint, Idaho. I swear I'm going to just drive to all these places one day. And say, I've never Hi. really been to the northern middle of the country. We're the people on the radio. We've erected I, a statue I to you. I heard about your small town on <laughs> my radio right. show. Back in a minute on Rock School. Okay, coming out of the break, I'm going to talk to you about Steinberger guitars. Guitarists know them. They, I don't think, possess any wood whatsoever. Oh, what are they made out of? They're composite body guitars. Okay. Now, somebody's going to say, Steinberger makes wood guitars. Yeah, they do, but they're sort of specialty guitars. They're known for... Their main guitars, composite guitars. The big thing they're known for also is the fact that their strings are strung backwards. Oh. Instead of the headstock being way up at the head, this the the tuning such is down at the body. Okay, okay. I feel like I've seen one of those before. Why? Okay. Yes, why? 
The reason why is because Steinberger guitars have a a, a whammy bar, mm-hmm. but the whammy bar is cammed in such a way that it will do just what a, a Floyd Rose does. It'll go wow 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 wow. It'll do all of that. But furthermore, what you can do with it is lock it into different keys. So you take the you take the bar, you push it down and lock it. It'll go from E okay. down to G. You or set you it on cruise it. control. You got it. It'll yeah. change keys of the guitar by pushing all the strings down at one consistent rate, lock it to another key, and then push it down again, lock it to another key. Is that cheating? No, not at all. There are there are digital boxes that will actually change the tuning of every single string on the instrument. So if you really? want to take a standard tuning guitar and strum it, you step on this box, it has an individual piezoelectric pickup for every single string, and it will change it to dadgad tuning without you touching the instrument. So if you are somebody who uses multiple tunings throughout a show, rather than changing guitars and changing guitars and changing guitars, you, you step on this box, thing right, it, it changes your tunings. Nice. So is it cheating? Well, no, I don't think so. It's an just, innovation. You got it. These Steinberger things, A, they're expensive. Yeah. And number two, they're just unbelievable to watch them work. How do you hear them work? This is Van Halen's song, Me Wise Magic. Right before the chorus, you'll hear the guitar go, mm-hmm. right before the chorus starts. That's Eddie Van Halen jacking the instrument through its three cams to get to the, to the element. They change key in the song by playing with the cam of the guitar. All right, then. Nito Mosquito. That is Nito Mosquito. Sounds like this on Rock School. I know what you're thinking. What you're thinking. See, easy to see. Well, there you go, Beth. There's the show on the Whammy Bar. Did you learn something? I learned all the things about Whammy Bars. And remember, on Thursdays, we put up stuff on Facebook. So if you're not a friend of the Rock School Radio Show, go on Facebook, search Rock School Radio Show, and you'll see a picture of this guitar and the Kaler, um, pardon me, the Floyd Rose locking vibrato system. We're going to end on Lonely Boy, the song by the Black Keys. That little effect that he's getting at the beginning sounds something like this. It's done with a Whammy Bar. <laughs> That's how he's getting it. He's using a whammy bar and just pushing down the the string. Nice. And that's how it's done. So that wraps it up. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Beth West. And that's it. Class is dismissed. <laughs>